0: The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by Winbet. Winbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted parlays to same game, from boosted same game parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and bet $100 win, $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. We're also brought to you by the SGP and Merch Store. Use promo code NFCBEAST for 15% off, active until the Eagles or Giants, I promise you it's going to be the Eagles, lose their next game. And make sure to enter our World Series Prop Contest. Winner gets $200 cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. Yes, sir. We are back here for another edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. You know me, you know the voice, you know who it is—really, real villain, real Terrell Furman Jr. Here at your service, and got my guy, my main man, my brother in pick Scott Studio right Scott, what's going on?
1: Nothing much. Uh, doing pretty well. Ended up sweeping in the NBA yesterday. Had the. Okay. Team total over for Miami, which got there by a hook and then had the Thunder money line at around plus 205, and that ended up uh, hitting as well. So definitely a nice uh, Thursday performance. Hopefully we keep it rolling here for Friday, and we got a lot of games to choose from, so let's do it.
0: Yeah, a lot of games to choose from. It's a big weekend because it is homecoming weekend for North Carolina A&T. Shout out to Jiho, greatest homecoming on earth. And so I'm I'm still here. I'm still here pumping out picks. We don't take off days around here. I'm still here pumping out picks, but I got to take my shot. I, I don't know where my shot partner went. I had a shark partner that was here and I was supposed to take a shot with them, but they're not here. So I'm going to just do it myself. Uh, you can take your, your guest on what that is right there. But ah, Refreshing. We're here, Scott. We're here. We're ready.
1: I wasn't sure if you were going to be a chaser guy, but I respect the fact you ended up taking it straight. Oh, yeah. You thought, come on, Scott. I said I I I wasn't sure. I said I wasn't sure, you you know.
0: Oh, man, you disappointed me even thinking I was about to chase that. I didn't know what you were going to do. I love it. All right, let's go ahead and just go into the slate. We have a huge slate. First game up, we have the Atlanta Hawks. I almost said Falcons. That's crazy. The Atlanta Hawks going to play the Detroit Pistons. Minus six and a half is the line for the Hawks. 228.5 228 and a half is the total. These two teams just played where the Hawks beat the Pistons on the road. And Pistons also coming off a of back-to-back. That was a final score of 118, 113. Pistons got the cover in that game coming off of back-to-back. We talked about that and said that that line was a little, a little high for the Hawks on the road. And this was their first true road game. And so the Pistons were able to keep that game close. They were in the lead portion of that mm. game as well. So... Quickly trying to go over here and glance at an injury report, we have Jaden Ivy who is out for this
1: game. Jaden questionable, but see questionable? it seems like he's still battling an illness, so I'd say it's yeah. unlikely he's going to play. All right. Well, I mean, we could. I think
0: I can make this short and sweet. Shout out to LG in the chat. Good morning, brother. Let's get their dubs. I think I can make this easy for us. Dwayne Casey last year had two of these back to back sets against two different teams in two different parts of the season and they lost both it did they, they lost both like all four games they didn't even get a single game in there i'm questionable of the adjustments he's going to make no and ivy and what they're going to be doing on the scoring side of basketball so uh let's go ahead and i say take the hawks in this one this is just Kind of seems like everything went right for the Pistons in that back-to-back be able to cover that spread, and they didn't give me any confidence knowing that this game was coming up next on Docket for them to be able to do that twice. What about you?
1: Yeah, I agree. I'm going to be on the Hawks here. I leaned to the Pistons in the first game, thought they had a shot to actually win the game, and they did, but I just felt like as the game went on, Trey Young just – slowly but surely took over the entire game. Had 35 points. The most concerning part, he attempted 17 free throws. So Detroit really couldn't guard him. Mm -hmm. And I don't see that changing in the second meeting. I'm looking at everybody else on the Hawks. Hunter was good. Collins was good. They combined for 36. But DeJounte went 5 for 18. And Trey still went 9 for 21 from the floor, 1 for 7 from 3. And he still had 35. So I just feel like the Hawks did not shoot the ball that well. In the game, shot the ball 49.5%, which is pretty decent, but still uh, shot 36% from three compared to Detroit's 43%, Mm. give or take. And yet they still won the game. Mm. I just feel like Atlanta's going to shoot better in this Mm. game from top to bottom. And they still won Trey with 35. Getting to the foul line 17 times really means this team cannot guard him. Boyan had 33 on 6 of 12 shooting. I'm not sure that happens again. I'm going to go ahead and take Atlanta. I just feel like Detroit had a great chance to win that one. They Mm -hmm. didn't do it. And I definitely trust McMillan more as a coach than Casey. And I think that McMillan makes the adjustments more than Casey does. So I want to make a case for Detroit at home, but I'm really not going to do it. Uh, Just give me Atlanta because I'm really just not a big Dwayne Casey guy.
0: Yeah, I just don't think that the adjustments are going to be there. I really, really don't. And so – 2.28, 2.28 and a half. It opened up at 2.23 and bet all the way up over here to 2.28. Does does Detroit do their part to keep this over?
1: I'm actually leaning to the under in this one. I I know Mm -hmm. that the first meeting ended up landing uh, 2.31. However, it is worth mentioning that each of the last three quarters had less than 56 points. And Mm -hmm. the only reason why it went over this number it was because of the fact you had 68 points in the first quarter. Yeah. So you had one really, really explosive quarter, and then the game was consistent, but it was mostly hovering around a 220 pace. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of hoping if you don't get that one seriously insane quarter of 68, then the game's probably going under. Plus, usually back-to-backs, I assume the second game... opposite. Gonna, I'm assuming it's going to go under because you're yeah. familiar with each other and you're going to yeah. try to play against each other's tendencies. So I think there will be some adjustments defensively. I'm going to go with the under. I just think that it was 168 outlier quarter that sent it over in the first place. I'm not anticipating that again. So I'm going to go with the under. Yeah.
0: I'm thinking the same here and just know Jaden Ivy. Like that's going to impact their scoring and what they want to do. I don't know how many times they practice this team without Jaden Ivy here this season. You know, he's a really big addition and came in and made an impact on the league as soon as he got in and on that team. So let's not downplay you know, him not being in this game or potentially not being in this game. Yeah, I'm with you. Let's go on to under there. All right, next game on the slate. We have the Charlotte Hornets traveling to Orlando to play the winless Orlando Magic. Minus two for the Hornets on the road. 220 is the total. Over here looking for an injury report on this one. And we have... It, Cole Anthony is out for this game for the Magic. Jalen Suggs is out with the ankle injury. Yeah, Orlando yeah.
1: doesn't have any point guards. That's, that's
0: really the yeah. story up there. They're yeah, pretty much. Cards. And then Cody Martin and Terry Rozier are both doubtful for this game. And O'Mello's still out. Yeah, yeah O'Mello's still out. This is it. This is the spot where Orlando gets a win. They're
1: going to need one. I mean, you're looking at both spot, both teams here. They really – neither team has a point card. Yeah. And, so.
0: but the thing about Orlando is we've seen Orlando do this last season, basically for different parts of the entire season. They were really, really banged up last year and they were going out there and playing, you know, X, Y, and Z, just trying to get some type of lineup. That's when Franz Wagner had his stretch of games where he was going crazy. Now you add number one overall pick and Paolo Bencaro there, who's going to help some of that scoring workload and, He's a talented player where he can play in the isolation where they don't necessarily need a point guard for this offense to run the offense, if that makes sense. So, like, they are able to get what they're done without a true point guard. And that's just the style of play of Wendell Carter, style of play of Paolo Banquero. Uh, Franz Wagner can eat off a pile of Bear Carroll and be able to step outside for three or cut to the basket and get some easy looks at the basket I think that it's going to be a lot of scoring in this game especially on the magic side of ball and this is just one of those spots where they really just catch the Hornets as a road favorite slipping I'm not really here to back the Hornets as a road favorite yeah give me give me the magic plus two and sprinkle on the money line I think they get their first win in this one
1: So I thought this one was pretty fascinating because Charlotte so far the season's actually been decent and Mm -hmm. you look at their two losses first of all they've been decent on the road which is kind of surprising but you're looking at the Hornets performances and they've had two losses that I think are kind of respectable because in the first loss they had against New Orleans uh, which you know no shame in that New Orleans with Ingram and Zion you're not going to you're not going to beat that team if you're Charlotte, let's be real. And they ended up losing in the in overtime on the road in MSG to the Knicks without Rozier and without Ball, and they gave it a hell of a run. They, gave, they scored 131 points. They just lost the game, yet they're only laying two here. And you kind it's of figured with, with Anthony being out, who's been Orlando's probably second or third best player of the season, that the line would be a bit higher. Because RJ mm-hmm. Hampton's and now the projected starting point guard, and he's averaging two <laughs> yeah. po- he's, he's averaging two points per game. But yeah. they really don't have a point guard on the roster for Orlando. I'm assuming Caro is going to embrace a point forward role. I think they won-
0: they could potentially they could potentially use Caleb Houston as a point forward as well. Caleb Houston played a lot of that point guard when he was in at, um, at Michigan, or no, no at um, at um, Monty Verd, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, in high school. So he played a lot of that point guard position there. So. Uh, I was gonna there say it's be... more of
1: like a small forward shooting guard in Michigan. but
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. when he was when he was in high school, I know that's a big jump, but it just shows that they have people that can handle the ball and bring the ball up the court.
1: They're figuring it out, but I'm assuming Bon is gonna have the ball in his hands anyway whenever they're in the half court. Yep. So I'm looking for props as of right now I don't see any player props available because you're still not sure about uh, the potential rotations and lineups that you're gonna end mm-hmm. up using but I am pulling it up here. I see Boncaro's points are at 23 and a half.
0: Yeah, you're I'm not assuming
1: get- since Cole <laughs> Anthony takes so many shots and mm-hmm. now he's not in the lineup, Boncaro 30 plus points is plus 320. It feels good. He had 29 good. last game. I think it's a really nice recipe for him to have a good game because we saw Charlotte defensively get torched by the Knicks. I mentioned Brunson double-double. He... Did more than that. He killed them, Andy he had a double-double before overtime. I yeah. think Boncaro might go nuts here. I'm a big fan of the 30-plus because I just think he's going to have the ball in his hands all the time, and mm. we know Cole Anthony has no conscience. Now, he's not in the lineup. Boncaro's going to take, what, 20-something shot attempts in this game? i got to assume so.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he's efficient. He's a he's going out there getting grown man buckets like these. Yeah. If you watch his scoring, this isn't like, oh, he was open and he just, you know, cashed a shot. He's going out there attacking people, being physical with people that have been in the league for five, six, seven, eight. You know, however vets in the league and he's giving them buckets. So, yeah, hit, no, he's hit 29
1: against Cleveland. Cleveland, we know, is one of the better defensive teams in the league because of second Allen, best and defensive of team in the league right now. But it wasn't even just 29. It was 29 on 52.6% from the floor. He's and good. 60% from three with 75% from the line. He's efficient. Yeah. But 30 points at plus 320 when your no. main competition of who's going to take shots on your team is no longer in the lineup? Mm-hmm. Nobody's going to check Boncaro. They're just going to let him go wild in this game. And we know Charlotte, for wing defenders, has who you're going to throw, P.J. Washington on him. Mm-hmm. no no so good, good luck with that one
0: that's why i like a orlando team total over i really do and this this has gotten a lot of under money i'm not really certain on where is i'm assuming from. because of
1: the point guard instability yeah maybe teams. that's right, what it is that's...
0: and the offenses are a little off but i think the off at least orlando i think orlando's offense is going to click today and It's addition by subtraction of, while I like Cole Anthony. He is very inefficient. Like, he's a very inefficient scorer. He has to be a volume scorer to be able to contribute. So, yeah, give me Orlando team total over. I like Orlando today. Uh, 220, I say lean to the over. I think that Orlando can do enough scoring on their part, and Charlotte can, you know, keep up. But I think this is Orlando's day.
1: I'm leaning over. Charlotte got into a shootout with the Knicks. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I,
1: good I mean, point. And
0: this is this is a perfect letdown spot for Dennis Smith Jr. for that whole squad, Madison Square Garden. This is a letdown spot. They get they get tossed in Orlando tonight. Next game on the slate, we have the Indiana Pacers going to DC to play the Washington Wizards. Minus five and a half for the Wizards. 229 is the total. Let's go. Injury report here. I have DeLon Wright is out for the he's going to be out for a while. He's yeah. out for like six weeks, I think. And Daniel Tice is still out as well. Which, and Kispert's I mean, still not there. For, with the oh, yeah, Kispert. Yeah, he's out. he's out. I'm not sure how
1: much it matters, but either no, way, Kispert's I'm not going
0: All right. Five and a half for the Wizards. This Pacers, I mean, is there anything that's scaring you off of Wizards team total here?
1: Uh, The team total, no. Uh, shout out to Munaf, though. I am considering Wizards first quarter team total over because mm-hmm. I know he pointed that out with the Bulls game and the Bulls scored. What was it, 38 in that first quarter? But DeRozan not scoring a single point, which is kind of impressive. I think the only thing scaring me off on the Wizards for the full game here is the fact they already played once this season. So there is some familiarity there. Uh, Beal, I know, was a bit banged up about a game or two ago, but he's still in the lineup. It doesn't seem like it's anything serious, so he should still be playing normally. Uh, Besides that, Kuzma (laughs) has been solid. He's averaging 21 points per game. Yeah, uh Porzingis has looked pretty good. There is a chance that Miles Turner plays. I see he's currently questionable. Miles mm-hmm. Turner questionable. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that means he's gonna play or not. He did play against Chicago. In the last I think he's game. just
0: got the questionable tag because of the ankle injury that happened. Dang, he he know, didn't that first play game. last
1: game. So. Yeah, so I think
0: he's going to play. I think they just, you know how Braun and AD always have a questionable tag to them. Like, I think that's what this is.
1: Well, Miles Turner's earned it after all the time he's missed for the last couple of years. So I'm assuming Turner's going to play. I'm just yeah. throwing it out there. He technically does have a questionable tag next to his name. Mm-hmm. He had four blocks in 24 minutes <laughs> against the Bulls. Like, can the Nets trade for this guy? Like you know, like if he's healthy, you know, I'm just saying use the rim protection, but yeah yeah I think'm take Indi- I think I'm gonna take Indiana. and it's mostly because of the fact that I don't really trust either team defensively. I definitely trust Washington defensively more than Indiana. Okay. But the fact that they've already played once the season and now Indiana's getting Miles Turner back, I just think it's another wrinkle. And I do think that Turner can really be a big piece defensively for this team. They're mm-hmm. still going to be bad defensively. I'm not telling you they're going to suddenly turn into a top defen- top 10 defensive team in the league. But I do think when you're, when it comes to guarding Porzingis, I do think that Turner can match up well. In the first meeting, Porzingis did a 15-10. and 10. Mm-hmm. I think that Turner can do a good job of guarding him. And I just think that Washington is still a team that I want to make a case for being a dark horse because they're 3-1. and Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I'm just looking at this team. They beat Indiana by 7 the first time around. I think I'm going to lean to Indiana, as crazy as that sounds. I really think Turner can plug some holes defensively for this team. And the fact they already played kind of scares me off because I kind of think Indiana might be a little bit pissed that they lost the first game and they can try to get revenge here. I don't mind it for a decent buy-low spot in Indiana. I'm right. not gonna bet it, but I'm definitely not gonna take the Wizards. Yeah. Uh maybe a team total, as you said, but for the side, I'm not gonna take the Wizards laying five points.
0: Uh, I um man, I really don't know what I want to do with this game because I think and it's it's under money coming here too. Um I'm
1: assuming it's because of Miles Turner. Yeah, I, I, roof, I assume so,
0: but I just don't know. I mean Miles Turner is does account for something, but I don't know how many points he's worth. But. Yeah, on the offensive side of ball. I don't know. I think I'm still on the Wizards here. I just think that the I like I think the Wizards are doing well with what they have. And the issue for the Pacers here is that they are, have an inability of guarding the three point line. Like they are mm-hmm. the worst team, averaging what, forty one percent was it from three? uh 45%, so. 45 45.8 from three like that's absolutely ridiculous it's, you're basically hitting half of your threes that you're shooting and if you're doing that with if you're giving this wizards team threes they're really dangerous because they're so strong inside the paint and i think that's really going to be the battle tester here today because the pacers beginning this year very very stark strong guarding the paint but the wizards also very, very strong when they're going to the paint. So I'm going to be interested to see that matchup right there and by how the way, Miles just, Turner just, and that just, team does.
1: Yeah, just to go through the three-point numbers, you were right about Indiana, uh, dead last, 45.8% for opponents from three. That's crazy. 29th is Chicago at 426 So they're not only dead last, they're dead it's last by, by over 3%. from That's crazy. Three. Which That's is crazy. absolutely wild. But yeah,
0: give me the Wizards. I'll take the Wizards minus five and a half. Okay. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers traveling to Boston to play the Boston Celtics, minus six and a half for the Celtics. Two seventeen is the total.
1: Well, it's illegal for you to take the Celtics. So
0: I mean, what I'm I wasn't gonna jump into it really quick. Darius Garland's still gonna be out for this game. It looks like uh Dylan Windler is gonna be out as well. Grant Williams is also out. I, yeah. I mean, there's really nothing you could really say to get me to be on Boston plus six and a half here. But it's not even just that I don't like Boston and I just don't trust betting on Boston. But it's also because this Cavs team is one of the best teams in the league right now. <laughs> like they're second best defensive team in the league. I think their offense, they're the only team in the league ranked top five in offense and defense. And I know I spit that out, stat out another episode, but. You know it's still very efficient for them, and they're just doing what they're doing like what they do well and playing their sets, playing a slower type of pace, and just making sure they get the looks that they want. And with uh Darius Garland outside of this lineup, it's kind of opened up the scoring for them more. Karis Levert looked pretty good that last game, Donovan Mitchell was able to go and not only just kind of be a scorer but a facilitator as well. I think he had seven assists in that last game, so uh. I like the defensive effort from this Cleveland Cavs team, and it looks like Boston early on in the season hasn't had that same defensive effort that they had last year that we know them so much for in that second half of the season. Maybe it's coaching. Maybe it's just that it's a new year and it's a little bit of regression to the mean. Well,
1: Robert but, Williams is hurt, so that's definitely going to be Oh, hard. yeah,
0: Robert, and Robert Williams is hurt as well, so that definitely adds to it. So, yeah, give me a plus six and a half here for the Cleveland Cavs.
1: I agree. Uh, For some reason, uh, Rotowire has Mitchell being listed as questionable, but I don't see an an injury designation, so I don't really know why he wouldn't play in this game. So just keep an Mm -hmm. eye on that. Garland hasn't played the last three games. Uh, He's averaging four points per game, so it's not like it's really that big of a deal. They've won without him anyway, but Mitchell's been great. Uh, You're looking at Laverde has been good so far. For me, it's just going to be the front court. And we know Mobley is very versatile. I'm not sure if he's ready to guard Tatum. But the point is, I do think Cleveland should dominate on the glass. When you Mm -hmm. have Mobley and Allen against Tatum and Horford, you really should be dominating on the glass. And I think that's going to be the story of this game. I agree with you. Once again, I am kind of confused why there's an injury designation for Mitchell when I don't see an actual ailment that he's dealing with. Yeah, give me Cleveland plus the 6.5. I think they're good enough to keep this game close because of rebounding differential and defense, and we know Boston wants to run. Cleveland still wants to play relatively slow, so I do Mm -hmm. think Cleveland can really dictate the pace in this game, and if they force Boston to play in the half court, I'm going to trust Allen and Mobley to punt anything in the paint, so give me Cleveland plus the six and a half. I feel like this one should be closer to four, Mm -hmm. give or take. Like I think six and a half is just too large. All right. Uh,
0: quick. 217 over and under for you.
1: I think it's correlated. So I'm going to lean to the under because I think if Cleveland keeps it close, the game is going under. Yeah. I think Cleveland really should do whatever it takes to stop the Celtics from running. And mm-hmm. for that reason, I'm going to go with Cleveland and the under. Plus, we saw Vucevic go for 23 rebounds against this team. I know it was his birthday.
0: Oh, Still, I'm all over Allen and Mobley plops today. Just saying 23 Hopefully. rebounds
1: to Vucevic. I don't care whose birthday it is. You got to box out. And yeah. Alan, we know, can walk into 16 rebounds if he's unchecked. I just think Cleveland's going to dominate the glass.
0: Yeah, absolutely. All right. Next game on the slate, we have the Philadelphia 76ers going to play the Toronto Raptors. In Toronto, second game of a back-to-back series for these two. Toronto won the first game, 119-109. to That was my lock. Philadelphia may one this time around. 213 is the total. I mean immediate rematch, so it just I'm just feel more inclined to just go ahead and take the seventy sixers, but man, this seventy sixers team looks bad to start the season.
1: So I had to come up with a YouTube play last night for my free picks, and I ended up going with the Raptors. And right. I knew that the money would come in on the Sixers. And mm-hmm. that's the unfortunate part of having to post videos at three in the morning. Because I knew that this one would probably flip just because the 76ers are a public team. They still have Embiid mm-hmm. It's an immediate rematch. You know, nobody's going to really bet against Embiid and Harden from the public perspective. When the other team's best players, arguably Pascal Siakam, but I'm looking at how the first game played out. I really think Toronto is just a perfectly built team mm-hmm. to beat Philly because of one main area and Toronto typically plays slow. Mm-hmm. however, they were down 3-0 in the playoff series last year, and then something flipped. Yep. Toronto decided to start playing a bit faster. They decided to start putting Siakam at center, and they were going to dare Harden and Dash or Embiid to guard in transition and to sprint for a full 48 minutes. And just physically, you know Harden doesn't want to do it, and Embiid so far this season has looked a bit out of shape. I don't think he wants to do it either. But the point that I bring up is that Toronto in that first game outscored Philadelphia 29 to 17 in fast break points. Toronto is willing to play fast against this team, and they're also very versatile. Mm-hmm. Every single starter for Toronto had 15 plus points. When yep. you're looking at the 76ers, they scored 109 points in the game, which sounds decent. Harden, Maxi, and Embiid combined for 80. Of the 109. It's so Their ridiculous. supporting cast is absolute garbage. Tobias Harris has been bad. P.J. Mm-hmm. Walker, we know, is going to stand in the corner and really do nothing besides shoot threes. They don't have a backup center, and they don't have a bench. Their backup center is arguably Montrez Harrell, who played four minutes against... They the got to go
0: back to Paul Reed, man. Last Paul, year, when they, they were playing Reed, when they were playing Reed at the, the backup center position, he they were running with pace. They were getting out in transition, and that bench unit was really, really good with Maxi coming in and kind of playing that one two with Reed. Like they need to get Reed back in the lineup and give him some serious minutes and let this team run. But it's Doc Rivers and Doc Rivers isn't making adjustments right now. So But I'm looking I mean, at
1: the minutes here for the last three games. He played five minutes against Milwaukee. He played nine minutes against Indiana. He played three minutes against the Raptors. So you're two backup big men, quote unquote, because Reed is like six nine but you can yeah. use them in center if you want. The point is their backup big men were Harrell and Reed. They played a combined seven minutes. They don't have a backup center. And you're looking at Embiid. He's had two straight games of five rebounds. Five. Against Indiana and Toronto. I don't know what's going on with Embiid, but it's really weird that a Philadelphia team that has Embiid, who's probably the second best center in the league behind Jokic, they're 28th in rebounding right? 28th with Embiid, like Toronto's 11th. I just think Toronto can play fast. They have a good bench. Boucher has been good. They still have, a uh, Coloco has been a good rookie as well. Achua gives them some overall versatility. I think Toronto can throw a lot of quantity in terms of big men at Embiid and mm-hmm. really at Philadelphia. The Sixers have no scoring depth. And that's really going to kill them, especially when they're going to be giving up transition points at will. Toronto, I think, especially at home with the crowd behind them, I know they got revenge for last year's playoff series loss in game one. It's still in Toronto for game two of this. Yeah. And they still
0: want I mean, they still have reason to want revenge. They got <laughs> they almost got swept like they still, yeah. you know, and, and I let's just let's just let's just go. Let's just go. Yeah,
1: tomorrow. I have some trends here as well. Philadelphia dating back to last year, three Fourteen and one, ATS in their last eighteen road games. They are awful on the mm-hmm. highway. Three fourteen and one, and in the last twenty-two meetings in Toronto, the Sixers are six and sixteen. ATS. Oh shit! All right, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm on Toronto. You. Yeah, we're, I, I, yeah, I'm on. Toronto. I get the I argument. Can't... They're waiting for the Sixers to wake up. Yeah, I think no. half the people just expect Doc Rivers to get fired already. I'll be. But I didn't even mention game Nick game Nurse late. being the better coach.
0: Yeah, I'll be a game late on the Sixers. Whenever they wake up, I'll be a game late, and then I'll start backing them. But I can't do it before then.
1: I don't trust uh, this team's overall just depth. I think Toronto is a really good team in terms of depth. Two thirteen.
0: I I don't think that I don't think the Raptors have that many people that you know consistent. All five starters, fifteen points. I don't think that happens again. And I don't think that you know. It's more that much domination between Hart and Maxi and Embiid. So, yeah, I'm going to under 13 here in 213. I'm sorry, under 213 here in the second rematch.
1: I had the first meeting under, and that absolutely killed me because I, I really thought that that game was going under based on the line movement and the what I was expected. It should be. But once again, Toronto did have 29 fast break points. Mm-hmm. Toronto really should want to run because if Embiid's not going to rebound the ball, I don't know, for whatever reason, five rebounds mm-hmm. back-to-back games for Embiid is unacceptable. If he's not going to kill you on the glass, then why wouldn't you try to run him out the building? Yeah, Toronto should play fast because, you know, Harden and Embiid, especially Harden, you think they're going to hustle back on defense? No, no.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm on the under.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'm, that's why I'm saying I, I, I don't know what to think for this total. I, I think I would lean to Toronto team total over, mm-hmm. maybe Philly team total under. Mm -hmm. But Philly really does not want to run, and I think Toronto does. I think I'm leaning to Philly team total under because I really don't like this offense right now. All
0: right. Uh, We have the New York Knicks going to play the Milwaukee Bucks, minus six for the Knicks, 223.5 is the total. Looking over here for an injury report in these. We have – oh, I don't have one. Um, What do you see?
1: Uh, As of right now in this game, of course, Middleton's still out. Yeah. Uh, Connaughton's still out, and Ingles is coming back off an ACL injury. So nothing new, but you still Mm -hmm. have two regular rotation players out for Milwaukee.
0: All right. um, Knicks? Surprisingly, sneaky squad that plays Milwaukee. Uh,
1: they always they always are tough against Milwaukee. Yeah,
0: a little tough. Even, the score might not always reflect that, but these games always are like tough. The Knicks get up for this spot. They really do. I,
1: and, I, I was I was gonna take the Knicks in this spot. Yeah,
0: I I I just when I saw when I saw Milwaukee, I just felt inclined to take the Knicks. They play them tough like all the time. They play them tough. If they don't win out right, they probably like just kind of fumble away a lead towards the end and it's always like a very very physical game they're not afraid to to bring the physicality on defense in that Tom Thibodeau style so and that's really how you got to combat this Milwaukee team by just getting extremely physical with Giannis with all those players and forcing them to make tough baskets rather than getting easy looks at the rim so yeah I'm on the New York Knicks here I think that the Knicks haven't been necessarily terrible there's a lot that I'm still looking forward to, but they haven't been terrible over the course of this season. And I think that this is a spot that they can get up for on the road, going to play Milwaukee, who's 3-0 on the season. And this is this is a big game. This is a big game. So, yeah, give me, give me the New York Knicks plus six here.
1: I'm with you there. Uh, New York's a mediocre team in terms of opponent points in the paint per game. But I do think Mitchell Robinson can actually somewhat limit Giannis, I know you can't stop him, but as long as you show some signs of rim protection, I do think you can limit Giannis into more jump shots. And Mm. that's really what happened against the Nets. The Nets don't have that, and Giannis decided to go to the rim every damn possession in the second half, and he scored about 35 points in the second half. I don't see that happening in this one. I really uh, It's not their fault because Middleton's out, but Drew Holiday pisses me off just Mm. watching them play. He's so bad offensively so often, and he needs to be better. But he was terrible against the Nets. Grayson Allen's also going to be taking a lot of shots. I don't like the scoring depth on Milwaukee right now, and that's going to change when Milton comes back. But I do think the Knicks have enough, I'd say, options to keep Milwaukee uncomfortable throughout this game. Plus, I'm assuming the Bucs take the meetings against the Nets a bit seriously because they're viewed as being one of their rivals and one of their potential uh, threats in the playoffs. It's not realistic. The Nets are not mm-hmm. beating Milwaukee in the playoffs. But you know my point. There's some type of perception going into those games. I think Milwaukee kind of circles it on the calendar. Mm-hmm. They're not circling the Knicks. I think it's a good spot for kind of a yeah. crafty Knicks team to hang yeah. around and put together a performance. I like the Knicks here. I think they can keep the game close.
0: I like it. 223.5. Uh, I know the I'm Knicks the just team. gave up 131 yeah. to Charlotte in overtime. I I know. I think you should take the under. And I just this just feels like a more competitive spot. This is a letdown spot for Milwaukee, and Milwaukee just kind of isn't shooting the ball what well. Knicks defense travels and the Knicks just do enough. I like Milwaukee
1: team total under if I was picking a a, yeah.
0: Good play. All right. Before we get into the rest of the slate, got to get us paid. So we're gonna talk about win bet and there. Bet a hundred dollars, get a hundred dollar promotion where a hundred dollar bet qualifies you for a hundred dollar free bet. Plus, be on the lookout for wins, win hour each Thursday, five to six Eastern time, where you can get marquee games of the week for better odds than anybody else. And you have the Win Win Bet's biggest winners club. Tap into that as well. So much to choose from. All you have to do is choose, is go to sportsgamingpodcast.com slash win bet. dot sportsgamingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Officer change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present of state where play through winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. We're also brought to you by us, SGPN, because we're giving you a chance to win either a Lawrence Taylor or a Brian Dawkins autographed jersey. Contest completely free to enter. Just go to sports gambling. Go to YouTube.com slash Comment on the video. Each new video is a new chance to win. Turn on your notifications so you don't miss us contacting the winner. And make sure you enter in our World Series Prop Contest. Winner gets $200 cash and a $200 SGPN gift card. Enter today exclusively on the SGPN app. All right, Scott, we got about five games left. Let's power through them. We have the Los Angeles Lakers traveling to play the Minnesota Timberwolves, minus seven and a half. 2:29 and a half for the Lakers I, over I don't here. Know if I,
1: do we even need an injury report? I, I'm just going to ask you straight up. Is there no, any- there's, nothing,
0: there's nothing that they can do for me to take the Lakers in this spot. Give me Minnesota yeah. minus seven and a half.
1: That's what I was going to ask you. We know Minnesota still working out some chemistry stuff, but they're a young team. Yep. They're hungry. The Lakers aren't a good team, but they're a talked-about team. Yep. It's a good spot for Minnesota to let at least some of the public know like it's, it's our time. Is it actually their time? No, but they can at least try to make a case briefly. You know, Edwards will take it personally going up against LeBron. I think yeah. he could have a big game here. I know he had 30 in, in the last game. He's really he'd been, He's been really, really good this year. And, and he was Edwards. running stairs after the game.
0: Dropped 34 stairs. on him he's, and ran he's stairs. Doing,
1: yeah, he's doing his thing. We know Edwards is going to be a great player over the course of his career. But you're also looking at Anthony Davis, who injured his back a couple times against the Nuggets. He can't run in transition. Gobert, I think, is going to do pretty well uh, just based on rebounding against this team. The Lakers aren't a great rebounding team. And I think when you're looking at Cat, who's been quiet, I mean, somebody to take a step back. But I do think he could have a big game as well. I just think Minnesota has too many weapons. And you're looking at what the Lakers do well. I mean, they're they're very good at defense. The problem is they're the worst offensive team since, like, the Charlotte Bobcats in, like, 2015. They have an offensive rating of like ninety-seven. <laughs> like right oh, now, like the third worst offensive season since like two thousand. Yeah. I can't back this team
0: until I see them make shots. I cannot they can't even back blame this Westbrook, Westbrook anymore. Them make shots. Did like, you see I, Beverly?
1: Did you see the Beverly quote, by the way? No, nah, I missed that one. It's one of my it's Beverly it, Beverly's just if you take everything he says with a grain of salt, he's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Uh they asked him about the three point shooting and they said how bad it was. And Beverly basically said we shot twenty percent uh two games ago, right? They're like, yeah. He's like, we shot 26% this game. And he's talking to the reporters. And All like, right. Yeah. And he's like, so we're Give me a... he's like, so we're improving. And I lost. Give me.
0: It. I thought that was hilarious. Give me an under two twenty nine and a half. He was um... talking
1: about how the team improved because they shot 26% from three compared to 20%. And I just fell out of my chair. I thought it was hilarious. But I'm on Minnesota.
0: Yeah, I'm on Minnesota. Give me an under. I can't back the in cost. any. Any way, shape, or form. You know, I had a four for four parlay in threes, and the last leg was Lonnie Walker, and I instantly regretted it as soon as I like. You as soon him, as I,
1: you, you saw him shoot, and you knew yeah, was I
0: was him. like, bro, it's you. It's hard to shoot under them lights. Like, it's no way. Everybody that comes to the Lakers forgets how to shoot when they get there. I, I right. just
1: don't think he's very good, but that's a separate story.
0: Next game on the slate, we have the Chicago Bulls playing the San Antonio Spurs, minus four and a half for the Bulls on the road. Two twenty nine is the total, and. Injury report here. We have Joshua Primo out. Zach Levine questionable. He's probably going to play, and Devin Vassell doubtful. So, I mean, Vassell is really the injury that we're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, is that enough for you not to back this San Antonio team, who has had a pretty hot start to the season?
1: I think it comes down to Levine because we've seen Chicago play really well the last two games. They beat Boston by 18. They beat Indiana by 15. Uh, Levine's been good. He had 19 points against Boston. Didn't shoot well, but that makes sense. And then against Indiana, he went six for 13, attempted 12 free throws, and he had 28, six, and five. So Mm -hmm. I'll ask you this. Let's say Levine, worst case scenario, does not play. Do you think Chicago is still good enough to cover roughly four and a half? Because I do.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And if Levine plays, and because this we is my issue, good they
0: could come. be in the game. They can. The San Antonio can be in the game for three and a half quarters. But and if they they're down ten, they're down ten. They're just gonna sit everybody. So yeah, no, I can't. I can't. And back they screwed me. San me, Antonio I a double number.
1: double last game, and they pulled them down eleven with like three minutes to go. Yeah. Like if if they're down double digits with three to go, Pop's just gonna call off the dogs.
0: Yeah, I can't back really them.
1: good for this team. I
0: cannot back them minus four and a half. So yeah, give, I mean plus four and a half. Give me minus four and a half for the Bulls. Uh, 229. Yeah, the line stayed at 229. Any thoughts there?
1: I don't know if I can take an under with San Antonio. I mean, San Antonio is leading the league in assists per game, mm-hmm. uh, which is really impressive, by the way. <laughs> they're leading the league in assists. <laughs> so props to them. But they're also playing one of the fastest paces in the league. I don't think Chicago's going to tell them to slow down because they know San Antonio doesn't guard anybody. Mm-hmm. So I, I expect the track meet to break out. DeRozan or Levine could go for 30. If Levine doesn't play, I'm just penciling a – does it count as a revenge game for DeRozan? Because you're a couple of years removed at this point.
0: Yeah, I don't. that's what I was thinking about. But I think it's always going to be some like – and, you know, I think Kelvin Johnson was on that team when DeRozan left. Like, I think it's always going to be a little – Point like, is, like, oh, I think DeRozan – DeRozan,
1: like... DeRozan was quiet. Like, yeah. ab- abnormally quiet against Indiana. Scary quiet. I think he bounces back for like 35. It feels think, like – yeah, it
0: feels like, like this is the spot. All right, I like it. All right, let's go. Utah Jazz playing the Denver Nuggets – And Denver, minus 8.5 for the Nuggets, 229 for the Jazz. I mean, 229 is the total. I'm sorry. 229 for the total. We have Walker Kessler questionables, Colin Sexton questionable, Rudy Gay out, and we have Michael Porter Jr. questionable, KCP questionable, Davon Reed questionable. I mean, this is easy for me, too. They've already played this before. I took Utah at home. I'm back in the home team again and taking Denver here, minus eight. Okay. I just feel like this is a good spot for them to kind of, you know, right the ship from the beginning of the season. They kind of worked on some worked on some things and offensively. I mean, I don't they're not playing any defense. We know they're not playing any defense, but I think that this is the game where they lock back in offensively because they were really like a shade of themselves offensively when they played this Jazz team the first time, and for a good reason. This was this was really like a letdown spot to begin the season, trying to come back off of an MVP, MVP double MVP season for uh, Jokic, and this Utah team expected to be in the lottery. Like th- it just felt like that was the spot at home for the Jazz to just have a really really big game. I think Denver bounces back in a big way. Give me the minus eight and a half.
1: So I do think that it's a good spot for denver because utah's bench especially killed denver in the first game and rudy gay had double digits now he's out sexton mm-hmm. had 20 points in that game questionable. he's he's questionable but it's an oblique injury so we'll see what happens there and walker Kessler had a double double off the bench and i do think he's an important player when you're dealing with Jokic because of foul trouble you're gonna need a lot of bodies out there
0: mm-hmm.
1: i do think eight and a half's a bit large I just think that with Caldwell Pope and Porter potentially being out, that's two starters. Now, Bruce Brown's been very good, so I don't think it's that big of a deal for Caldwell Pope. Porter, I do think, is somewhat of a big deal because he's been very solid this season. Mm-hmm. I think I'm just going to lean Utah because I like what I've seen so far, and I just think 8.5 a is a bit too heavy. I think, yeah. I think Denver's going to win. I'm not picking them to lose the game. If it was 5.5, I'd probably take Denver. But 8.5, I think Utah could sneak through the back door here. I just think that Utah... Wants to play fast. Denver does too. Denver doesn't guard anybody. I think Utah could do some damage offensively. I like the over in this game. I think you'll just be yeah, a track Yeah, for sure. That's locked
0: and loaded. There's nothing that could get me off of the over here. That's locked and
1: loaded. But I'm going to lean to Utah. I think 8.5 is a little bit too large for a team that I think underratedly matches up pretty well against this team.
0: All right. I like it. Next, we have the Houston Rockets- Going to play the Portland Trailblazers. Portland laying four at home. 2.22 and a half is the total. Total came down from 2.29 all the way to two twenty-two and a half
1: and a half. Because of one guy, but the total dropped seven points.
0: Yeah. Uh, and so injury report, Dame Lillard out. Kevin Porter Jr. probable. Uh, Alperin Sangoon probable. I mean, oh, do I have him? Yeah, it's just Dame LeBouin on that side.
1: Fernando's still out, right? Yeah, Fernando's out. My bad. I'm, yeah. I'm on Houston.
0: <sighs> We've seen this Blazers team play without Dame before,
1: though. It's not pretty, but Simons could go for 35. Yeah. Um. Damn. L- Lowry's just been so good this year. I, know. I mean, he was—he walked into two separate 40 pieces. He had a 30-something piece right after it against Denver. I just think that Houston is still a young team. They're going to be hungry, and they've been competitive. Now, they have not yeah. worked out in the fourth quarter of some of these games, but I do think if you want to talk about a spot, I do think Lillard is so meaningful because he has the ball in his hands all the time. Yes, I know Simons is capable of scoring a lot of points. We saw it in the third quarter against Denver where – he scored like 22 points and made like eight, made like seven three-pointers <laughs> in the quarter. But still, I am um, going to go with Houston. I think it's a good spot to fade a Portland team that's very good, mostly because of one player. You look at the supporting cast. I know Grant's been okay. Nurkic has been okay. But it's, but mostly, it's mostly been the Dame show.
0: Yeah, but I think it's the Dame show because it's just Dame. Like, if if you take Dame off how Portland, just looking how Portland's playing, and even when he's not the court, like, they still look, like, a lot better than what they were last year, and that's to be expected because, one, a lot of those players didn't have a lot of reps, so they got a lot of reps last year, and everybody understands, you know, a better – you know, next season under Chelsea Billups, everybody better understands the role and what they're doing in the team. I also and apologize trades. to Billups.
1: Just watching their games, I actually think yeah. he's a pretty good coach. I thought yeah, he was and, terrible last season. He, he's actually pretty good.
0: He got a bunch of players like just thrown on him, like when they made the trades. Yeah. Like they didn't get a chance to work with those guys in the offseason. So
1: I think Silas I don't know. is a bad coach, by the way. I'm not in. <laughs> I, I wanted to like them. I want, yeah, I do too. They, they we'll, play too slow. I I don't know what they're doing. Like you have to play fast with Jalen Green and Porter, and they're just trying to play slower. I don't get it. You have no. I, room I, I think the him.
0: jury's. I'll, I'll say the jury's out on Silas. This will be the year that I make my decision on him finally. But uh, yeah, still I'm gonna still roll with Portland even though Dame's out. I'm gonna still roll with Portland. I got you know a better number with Dame being out. If I'm and, taking
1: Portland, when I'm doing a player performance double, I'll take like Simon's four yeah. plus threes or 30 points or something. Yeah,
0: that's what I and but, that's kind of the way I'm kind of think of it as well. Uh I mean If Port, if Houston plays right, this should go over.
1: It should, but once again, their first, their first quarters have been disastrous for Houston offensively. Mm. They've probably been the worst First quarter scoring team in the league. I kind of want to pull it up, but selectively recall, and they've had a lot of first quarters where they score like 20 points, and it doesn't really make any sense. But yeah. I don't know. It just seems like Silas wants to play slow with a roster that has no rim protection. Mm-hmm. Like you have to play fast, you have to run. And for whatever reason, they're not doing it. But I'll take the
0: value. I'll take the value with Dame being out that dropped all the way to 223, and I'll take the over.
1: Yeah, I think I'm going to lean to the over as well. By the way, Houston is averaging 23.4 points per game in the first quarter, which is second to last, only above the Lakers. Mm-hmm. All but right. They're averaging 23.4 points per game in the first quarter. They are brutal in the first 12 minutes of games.
0: All right. Uh, let's move on to the last game of the slate. We have the New Orleans Pelicans playing the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix, minus 7.5 for the Suns. 224 and a half for the pelicans. Injury report here. Ish Rainwright is out for the Oh god, Suns. they might be
1: missing everybody. Oh yeah, questionable. I didn't realize how bad the I knew that it was I knew that Ingram was out. Yeah. But this is this is disgusting. I'll okay. just go ahead
0: and run through the list real quick. Brandon Ingram out. Everybody that I'm about to name is questionable. Zion Wilmerson, Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, Dyson Daniels, CJ McCollum.
1: That's their entire team.
0: yeah I can not I d I can't, I can't even I can't even actually give a real handicap for this game with that. So just give me the Suns minus seven and a half.
1: I agree. If all those guys are out, inject the three point shot alternatives numbers on Trey Murphy. Yeah. That's just yeah. really all I gotta say. Uh I I was praising Murphy in the offseason and then he didn't miss a shot against Dallas, and he killed me when I had the Mavericks in that game. But Alvarado, we know is a good bench point guard. Uh, He actually started the last game. McCollum was really bad for three quarters, but then ended up having a good fourth. He also, I don't know if he had a double-double in the end, but he was very good at facilitating. I think he had a Mm -hmm. double-double. Herb Jones, good defensive player. Zion, Zion. Phoenix had their hands full against this team last year, but the Pelicans, you have this many guys that are questionable, and it's noon, and you had a day off yesterday?
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's a series
1: red flag for me. I'm going with Phoenix, especially at home. I think Phoenix comes out and buries them, but it seems like New Orleans at first glance is really just not taking this game seriously. I'm going with Phoenix. Yep. All right.
0: I don't don't have anything else. This looks like
1: a mid-season injury report for a Wembenyama team. (laughs) This is (laughs) wrong. No way. (laughs) All right.
0: We're done with the read, so let's get into our lock and dog for the show. For my lock... I'm going to go with – how do I want to play this? Because I wanted to give out some value for the dog. All right, I'll go go with Orlando plus two for the lock. I think they get a win. I think this is it. For my dog, yeah, we're double-dogging it today. Um, Do I go Cleveland or do I go New York? Uh, Both are going to provide value. I'm I'm not gonna yeah what if I have to pick between fate and the Bucks and fate and the Celtics uh but I just locked up Celtics last time that's gonna be bad juju if I fade them this time isn't it I'd assume so all right we're going with New York give me New York on a plus two hundred money line let's go
1: okay so for me for the lock here I thought about doing a player prop but I'm not sure if I actually like any um. Yeah, for the overall lock, I will go to the – you know what? I'm going to do it. Screw it. This burned me last time, but I'm going to do it. I'm going to fade the Pelicans. I'm going to take the Suns minus seven. It's just the injury report. You're four games into the year, and basically seven of your top eight guys might not play. That's a serious problem. Phoenix was really good against Golden State. And really, ever since the first half against the Mavericks, they've been a really good team. And they lost to Portland in overtime, which apparently there's no shame in, because Portland turned out to be a pretty decent team with Loward being healthy. And Lillard went for 40 in that game, I think. But still, I'll go with the Suns, because I do think that even though the Pelicans kept this team, it was competitive in the playoffs last year, it means Phoenix might not overlook them because New Orleans was so competitive against this team. But once again, the injury report itself, Ingram's out. Zion's questionable. We know the Pelicans are very careful with his health just based on years past. Herb Jones didn't play last game, battling a knee issue. Now McCollum's on the injury report. Alvarado's on the injury report. Daniels was good off the bench. That's so many key pieces for this team. I got to assume at least half of them are not playing. Off a day off especially, that many guys on the injury report, I think there's a decent chance most of them don't play. Give me Phoenix. I'll take the minus seven, even if some of them play. Phoenix at home, very underrated yeah. home court. I'll take the Suns. All
0: right. And what's your dog?
1: I really thought about Bonquero, 30 points at plus three. Just do it. Just do it. Scott. I think I'm going to take. Uh, I thought, I, th- I was thinking about Toronto. Because that's basically even money, which is a baby dog.
0: Do Boncaro. Boo. Do Boncaro.
1: uh, Okay. You know what? Let me just look quickly at something. Okay. Boncaro. Really? Boncaro 25 plus points is plus 112. Screw it. I'm going to do it. Give me Boncaro 30 plus points. Yes. uh, There we go. Three to one or plus 320 if you shop around. Cole Anthony's third on the team in shot attempts, and he's not going to play. And you look at Boncaro, he's basically walking into 18 shots a game. He's averaging 17.4 field goal attempts per game. Charlotte Charlotte defensively is not great. And with Anthony averaging over 13 shot attempts per game, that's suddenly being dispersed. I think Boncaro is going to take a bunch of shots in this game. He had 29 last game against Cleveland. That's a really good defensive team. I'm going Boncaro for a 30-piece. I think there's a lot of value on it. All right. There you go. Honorable mention dog. to Raptors money line, though that's an honorable yes, mention.
0: Yes, yes, definitely. That's already a, yeah. That's a lot for the day, for sure. All right, that's it. That's it for the show. Anything else for the people before we get up out of here?
1: Not really. Uh, looking forward to looking at some fun NBA action over the weekend. College football as well. Looking forward to that. Uh, besides that, one of us took a shot on camera, which means I owe you one. So <laughs> I guess that's my assignment after we finish. Appreciate it. Other than that. Look, we got to get up out
0: of here. My computer's about to die. It's homecoming. It's a lot going on. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to everything in the network. Leave a review. Other than that, I have nothing else to say, nothing else to do. No idea how I'm going to end the podcast, so we end it like this. We are out. Basketball, Get it. Give it.